Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Thanks for listening to the Lakers Fast Break Podcast, part of the Hoopets Podcast Network. Check out all their awesome basketball shows today at hoopetspod.com. of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. It's Gerald Glasser. Come right back at you here from Lakers Fast Break, Pop Culture Cosmos, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and Game Source. We truly appreciate you listening and checking out all of our great shows. And if you can, please give us that five-star review wherever you get your podcast. Plus, if you can like, share, subscribe. That's right. You can do it right below John McCallion. Not only, it's a, actually, let's do a twofer. Not only can you subscribe to my channel, but his as well. That's John McCallion at YouTube. Plus also as well, if you can go ahead and support us at Lakers Fast Break, Pop Culture Cosmos, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, Game Source, the great folks at Lakerholics.com. Big shout out again to Laker Tom. Hope you're feeling better. I know he's doing okay-ish because he is still on the Twitter at Laker Tom. So go ahead and send him some get well wishes right there for you at Laker Tom on Twitter, because I know he's still tweeting <laughs> the Lakers conspiracy is still there. What could have been as far as a trade is concerned. So go ahead and check out what he's doing today at Laker Tom on Twitter. Plus also as well, Lakerholics.com. Check out Jamie Sweet, Yami Swoot, as John likes to call him. You can go ahead and check out his five things articles today at Lakerholics.com. Be part of the conversation there. It's always great indeed. And speaking of conversations, our good friend Joe Soro, a.k.a. Ox1947, who I heard a rumor he might be converting from a Dodgers fan to an Angels fan because he's going to be at Angels Stadium tonight. He went last week up to the north into the Bay Area to go ahead and attend the San Francisco Dodgers weekend games. Now he's at Angels Stadium. Could he be converting to an Angels fan? We'll find out on the next show, but go ahead and check out what he's doing today today at LakersBall.com. Be part of the great groups that they have as far as the conversations are concerned at LakersBall.com. Plus, our good friends at the Hoopheads Podcast Network. Please go ahead and give them a shout-out at HoopheadsPod.com. And if you can do all that, it is sincerely appreciated. Lakers are now in the midst of training camp, learning the defense and offensive schemes for Darvin Ham. And we've talked about it as far as all the different lineup possibilities, the fact that it looks more and more, unfortunately, to my chagrin, that Russell Westbrook is a major part of this equation as a most likely starting guard for the Los Angeles Lakers, at least heading into the exhibition season. So what does this mean for the Lakers and their future? 
could they have been all along eyeing the future, a.k.a. next summer, instead of this summer? Very interesting, because there's been a lot of articles lately about the possibility of the Lakers maybe targeting free agency in the first place and just putting out there as far as feelers if they could get any really good trade offers. And once they started not getting the trade offers that they like, maybe focusing in on keeping Russell Westbrook and going ahead and planning out for next year. So we'll talk about that, plus a lot of stuff going on in training camp as well. But here today, first man here, first man up. Looks like it's going to be him and I for tonight. We got to think of a catchy name. Maybe the YouTube superstars are here tonight. You got to go ahead and check out what he's doing today as a YouTube superstar himself. Right there for you at John McCallion. Go ahead and check out his great conversations that he has. Even when Joe Sorrell gets in there and he kind of interrupts the flow and everybody leaves. <laughs> I watched that again. That was all too funny. But it is John McCallion. John, great to have you here, my friend. Your thoughts on this, because I know you've been reading those two outside of the DeMar DeRozan articles, which all popped up today because he did say at Media Day that he thought he was going to be a Laker, and he was pretty sure of that. And I know that depresses some because of how outstanding a year he had last year. But your thoughts on this, the mindset could be, as far as the Lakers brass, the much maligned Lakers brass, that they may be looking towards the future instead of what's going on in the present right now. Yeah, as always, thanks for having me on, Gerald. I, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but when uh, DeMar DeRozan, he was rumored to sign with L.A., I think, I'm, I'm not sure if, they, if they're only able to give him or offer him the middle level, the mid-level yes. exception or... It was the MLE, I think. Yeah, so they are saying that, you know, he, had to, he would have to take a big pay cut to join the Lakers and... Uh, you know, I thought it made sense at the time because, you know, he was he's kind of like later in his career. But the article that came out today, him claiming that he thought he was going to be a Laker and all that stuff. Um, and I think all of a sudden the Russell Westbrook trade happened and he didn't know what was happening after that. Yeah, uh, I think it's BS. I think he just wanted to make as much money as, as you know, as, uh, as he could. And rightfully so, you know, you want to do that before you leave the NBA. But, you know, th don't come on here and tell us that, you know, you thought you were going to be a Laker and all this stuff. And. And, uh, you know, I'm not buying it. Well, it seems pretty hard to believe, especially the fact that, like you said, he got paid substantially more for going to Chicago and doing what he did there as far as having a very good season for him. Will he be able to repeat it at his age? I think he's, what, 36, if I'm not mistaken, off the top of my head? He's up there in age. Yeah. So I think that it's going to be a tough ask to have him do that again. But then again, we see it from LeBron, so... Really can't say that he won't be able to do it. He has a style of game with his mid-range jumpers to go ahead and be able to score. As long as that keeps up, you never know. He'll still be able to score 20. And with Lonzo Ball out of the lineup for a considerable amount of time, he may be asked to still do a lot for that team. So we'll wait and see for the Chicago Bulls fans out there. But for us here in Lakerland, it just comes to me very concerning that Maybe the plan all along, once they started getting back the offers and the feelers, and it just really seemed to be that the Lakers would have to go ahead on any particular trade that they, they would actually try to execute, they would have to go ahead and give up one or most likely both of those first round picks unprotected, the 27 and the 29. Maybe that just that kind of feedback, once it started coming their way, maybe it just 
well, right now, from what it seems, because Russell Westbrook's on the team, maybe just ask them to go ahead and allow them to go ahead and focus on next season instead of this one. Yeah, I, and also I just looked up at Demar's age. He's actually thirty three. He's my age. Uh, oh, so, okay. You know, not thirty six, but you know, not too far off. But well, um, he has an old man's game. <laughs> yeah, especially in today's NBA. All right, but oh. what are your thoughts on this, my friend? As far as uh, being able to go ahead and I think that right now, the, I mean, the inference is that the Russell Westbrook is going to be here at least through February, and if he is here by the end of the season, maybe that was the plan all along. For me, I think they're just trying to take the focus away from what's about to the disaster that's about to happen this season. To me, this is just bad management. I I don't like what Rob Palinka has done with the roster this year, uh, you know, or at least how they've managed the assets. And uh, you know, th- those two picks are the only things that we have. And uh, you know, they basically destroyed the roster all in the name of saving cap space, which is about thirty million, I think, all in all. Um, you know, to, to save, you know, the capsules for the free agent season, you know, this coming summer, but there's not really any notable free agents. And then also we don't have any tradable assets, really. You can't really do anything with a bunch of minimum contracts. So um, to be honest, I, you know, I'd be surprised if this is or if this isn't Rob's last season. I'm not I wouldn't be surprised on that either, my friend. I will say that the Lakers, if they do not do anything and the, the Russell Westbrook contract comes off the books, I think it would be anywhere from 33 to 37, depending on the final payout and how, because there's, there's like revenue things that actually have to come in play at the end of the season. And they finally calculate that out before they figure out what the salary cap is a hundred percent for next season. But it, you're right. It is in the thirties. So it's something very interesting to see how this plays out, but that doesn't help Lakers fans. Now that doesn't help Lakers fans as far as fielding a competitive team that doesn't help LeBron at his advanced age for allowing us to be able to provide him with a team that's going to contend the Western Conference. And here today, actually off the L.A. freeways, which we were talking about just before we went on the air, is a good man indeed. You do have to go ahead and check out Jamie Sweets or Yummy Swoots. Five things articles right there for you at Lakerholics.com. Jamie, great to have you here. John and I are glad to have you here, my friend. I just want to ask you real quick, though. You know, when it comes to what we see, I mean, with Russell Westbrook on the team, most likely starting, it doesn't look good as far as them really saying that, hey, we were really proactive in trying to go ahead and build a better roster for LeBron. I've been tooting the horn for a while now that this is the season that the Piper came to collect his pay. The, the, the bill has come due. For the since since Rob came on board, every summer he has sent out at least one first round draft picks, often for yeah. players that we don't retain. And this is the first summer that, that that hasn't happened. And he kept pushing it further and further out to till we're at like the limit, right? Like you can't go past twenty twenty nine. You seven years out is the furthest out you can trade any draft picks. So that's. If, if people aren't quite clear on that, that's one of the reasons that we stop at 2029 and don't include 2031, 2033, 2030, you know, because the Stepien rule prevents you from trading every other season, except on draft day. You can make any trade you want on draft day with any pick that is tradable, but you can't send out first any picks at all seven years or, or after seven years out, which means somebody got in Rob's face and said, you realize that once you trade these two picks, we don't have any grease to make the wheels turn until 2024. 
That's all of this season, all of next season, and all of the following seasons. That takes you out of LeBron's contract, his current extension. That's 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 beyond that now. And AD, should he not choose to re-up or however that works out on down the line. So in a way, this was a lesson that had to be learned eventually. You could say that, yeah, it's unfortunate for LeBron that this is the season Rob learned it or realized you know, I mean, we sent out a first round draft pick to trade for Dennis Schroeder, let him walk for nothing. And now we just resign him again. This is the, this is the modus operandi of the Rob Polinka front office. And this is how it's been functioning from the beginning. He's reacted poorly to winning. Uh, he wildly overcorrects the roster when there's really not even much wrong with it. I don't know why you need to really overcorrect a, a roster that is a defensive player. That I can't see that because it's too small, but I, I, um. I we just got some breaking news, not oh, Lakers related. What is it? But it's uh, there's apparently there's an eight trade, eight player trade between uh, Oklahoma City and Houston. Uh, okay. okay, so in verbatim, I'm going to read it here. The Oklahoma City, so the bad whole, team, o- the bad team, right? Yeah, but eight players is a lot, so I th- I think it's worth mentioning. Oh, absolutely, uh, absolutely. Uh, the, okay, so here it is in verbatim, according to Woj. Uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder are trading Derek Favors, Ty Jerome, Mo Harkless. Theo Maladon and a 2025 second round pick via Atlanta to the Houston Rockets for David Nwaba, Sterling Brown, Trey Burke, and Marquise Chris. That's a mouthful. <laughs> what does that get either hey, team? You did honestly. a great job. You did a great job, John. You like, did a great yeah, job. Yeah, that was great. But like that, that's that's like <laughs> that's gonna all I can think of now is Laker Tom at home being like, a player trade and then one of the players is not even cross. <laughs> Get well soon, Tom. Well, let me ask you this. Let me, yeah, absolutely. Get well soon, like we said earlier, and send him out best wishes. He's still active on Twitter, so go ahead and tweet at him. Get well, get well, Tom. And he's still active on the blog. Yeah, he's, oh, that's good. That's a good thing as well. So as long as he's still spunky as ever on Lakerholics.com, it's a good thing. But before we get back into the Lakers, I want to go ahead and speculate on this trade because. I know you and I guys both see that most of these guys are back end of the rotation players. I know Mark Harkless was just traded to Oklahoma City from Atlanta. Atlanta trying to dump his salary over there. And I think that now Oklahoma City is dumping his salary to Houston. So I think the only player I see with some real potential to advance, I see is maybe Theo Maladon. I don't know. How about you guys? What do you see out of this trade? I think, like Nothing. I said, it's just just a lot of back end rotation guys for the most part. Yeah, that's about what I see. I mean, it's it sounds. I'd have to. I, I don't know each guy's salary, so I'm not sure if this is a. Marquise Chris a, once was you know a lottery draft pick and once had so much promise. Yeah, but I mean that's 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 the story of the NBA, right? Like if yeah. you don't find the right situation early, you get pigeonholed in a doesn't fit anywhere kind of thing. And you know, not every player can have the turnaround to their career that Andrew Wiggins has, right? Yeah. Andrew Wiggins in Minnesota was basically looked at as a joke of a top five draft pick. Comes to Golden State, you know, puts in the work, listens to the coaching staff, does what the vets on the team want him to do, fits in does you know works hard to fit in and uh now he's gonna probably get a max max money from someone someone next summer um in terms of in terms of the route this back to the lakers what this could mean for the lakers i think that you know if you're if you're 
If you're a diehard believer that the Lakers still might trade Russ before the season begins, this is good news because that means there's still movement going on behind the scenes, even though camp has started. Now, granted, nobody's picking OKC or Houston to do much of anything this season. Uh, This trade doesn't change that. So I, you know, I look at this as probably one team or another doing one of two things, moving players to that are on longer term contracts to one team or the other, or I, I don't know. I can't uh, just hearing all those names. I was like, okay, so is this like the greatest trade of a bunch of nobodies that will go down in NBA history at this point? Like I can't think of another trade like this off the top of my head uh, where it was like, and who, huh? What? <laughs> okay, cool, man. Way to go guys. Way to make a trade. Well, trade. That, for the Lakers, it might not be advantageous because a couple of those guys may be waived. Mo Harkless is someone that even though he bounces around from team to team, can play defense yeah. for yeah. a team as a but wing. Why wouldn't why wouldn't why wouldn't OKC or Houston have waived those guys? That's what I guess I don't get here. With the, I mean, it'll be, you know what, I'm curious. I, I, it, it is just breaking, so we're just kind of looking at it on the surface. Right. So it'll be in an hour or so, there'll be a little bit more juice uh, and uh, you know, a little bit more than a bone to gnaw. But on the surface, this kind of looks like a, okay, that happened. <laughs> Trade. To me, uh, personally. Probably for solid cap purposes or something. I don't know. That's the yeah. only thing I can think of, is that one team or another wants to have more cap space at one yeah. time or another. I have to assume that that's OKC to try to like have a boatload of money to throw at Shy, uh, who mm-hmm. I won't be surprised if he decides to move elsewhere when his that he that he plays it to like be able to get out as soon as he possibly can, because that team seems to just want to have draft picks and cap space, and that's not a winning formula for most professional athletes. And I would imagine he would like to be in a situation where he feels like he has a chance to win. Uh, you know, Houston is in the middle of a deep rebuild. Neither of those are really destination franchises, uh, but anybody's going to you, you throw max money at anybody who's above average, and they're likely going to take it. So you know, I don't I don't see how this. The only thing I can see is that hey, at least there's still action going on behind the scenes between mm-hmm. teams. Perhaps that means that there is still a tiny tiniest shred of light coming through that door that I have pretty much all the way closed, but you know, so you're saying there's a chance, (laughs) right? Yeah. (laughs) Slappy Simonites. Oh, Samsonite. I was way off. Um, But yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. I, I, that, that, in terms of your question about, you know, the, the, the Lakers, did the Lakers really try this summer? You know, we said last night and I, uh, and I think the word half hearted, to me comes to mind. I, I don't even know if that's fair because I mean, Rob had nothing to work with. He had THT, Russ, AD and LeBron. I mean, and then a, a, a bunch of minimum salary guys. Uh, and we all know what that was worth. So, and, and two, far, two draft picks, five and seven years out respectively, that may be gold, may not be gold. That, that who knows? And the, the, the mere fact that he cons- that he considered offering that to Danny Ainge in a trade for Spider Mitchell, or that they were at least willing to entertain that notion, speaks mm-hmm. to me the level of disconnect that the Lakers front office has with reality. Uh, I think they have a tenuous grasp on it at best. I think that they, I, I, don't, I don't, I'm not sure Rob understands 
the utter lack of leverage he has at this point as a GM. Yeah. Like, he's got no tools to work with. So I'm, I don't, I, I, the only, the only thing that I slap my head about and say, what was the MLE signing of Lonnie Walker, the fourth, which I, I, until I see it work on the court, I don't understand. I don't understand that at all. You just brought in another slasher who needs to get to the rim on a team full of guys who, who need to get to the rim. And so you're just setting yourself up for a defensive, you know, the same issue we had last year, which was pack the paint, dare us to make threes or jump shots. And that works against us. You know, that works against us. So I, that's to me, that was the one, I thought the THT was a win trade was a win for us until Crowder came on the market. I would have rather us traded for Crowder. I understand that Crowder's older, that he had some decline last season on, on Phoenix, but we wouldn't ask him to play the four. I don't think, I think we'd slot him at the three, be a backup mm-hmm. three. Uh, you could even have him be a two uh, and have a big lineup of like Russ Crowder, LeBron, AD, Bryant. Of course, that's not going to happen now because we already traded THT. It's doubtful Phoenix wants Patrick Beverly with their 8,000 guard lineup that they've already got. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, I I, I would have, if, if I had my druthers, I would have much rather traded THT for Jay Crowder. That trade didn't exist at the time. So you can't really fault Rob for that. Um I don't know how long Jay Crowder has been express, expressing displeasure. Um, but I, you know, it was only recently that all that kind of came out. So I, the TH tree trade happened like six weeks ago, five weeks ago, basically, you know, in 1917 for all intents and purposes. So, you know, in the last 85 so or so years, we haven't been able to trade THT for Jay Crowder. So I, I, you know, so I, if you don't, it's like, what moves did Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid have at the end of the movie against the, the Colombian army? You know, what they, they put the bullets they had in their gun and they ran out shooting, you know? And that's basically what Rob was able to do this summer. He put the bullets in his gun that he could shoot and he ran out and he, this is what we got. It, it's, <laughs> is it good? No, it's not. It doesn't look good on paper. It looks really, really, really potentially awful on paper. But let right. me ask you this. Was it the? Do you think that might have been the plan somewhere in back of the mind of Rob Palenka in the in the front office? Was that okay? We're just gonna go ahead and fish for some trades. But if there's something that we really don't, you know, as far as uh, if, if nothing blows us away, yeah, we're not just gonna make a trade to make a trade and just end up going ahead and and uh, writing out Westbrook's contract in the first place. Is that That's maybe it. one of the uh, higher priorities than what people thought? I don't know about a priority. I think that it was. I think it's as it's 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 a couple of things. It's it's a it's an it's the most it's the most reality embraced <laughs> decision they could make. Uh-huh. We like we were talking last night. All the fake trades of all the fake trades that I saw, the only one that had the potential to move us up to maybe seven six was Kyrie. Mm-hmm. Maybe, uh-huh. no guarantee on that one. And the only, all the rest of them were like, okay, so now we've got Buddy Heald who won't play in the last five minutes because he doesn't play good defense. You got Miles Turner who, yeah, he's a stretch five in theory, but plays less than 30 minutes per game for his career. And he's a young guy who's supposedly is the star of his team, never made an all-star game. Neither of them have ever made an all-star game. Neither of them have ever taken a team or helped lead a team into the playoffs uh, or been like a key contributor in a playoff run. Um, to say nothing of, you know, winning an NBA championship. And 
you know, Turner's like a 33% three-point shooter. That's really not much better than Russ. Uh, and what what you want your best rebounder and shot blocker to be hanging out on the perimeter instead of rebounding and, and doing but things. But he gets the, lauded so much for being so much of a threat. Quote but he's not. He's side. not. I mean, Vukovic is as much of a threat. I'd just as soon sign Vukovic next summer for a fraction of the cost at this point. And I think that that's, I think that that's what the Lakers are looking at. I think that they realize that they were not – I mean, if, if my hope is that they realize that in no scenario were they operating uh, from a position of strength and power, that in every scenario that was presented to them or that they could engage in, they were the underdogs. They were going to get leveraged against because they have so little to work with and such great need. Uh, and it, all anybody did this – and this is also uh, – I blame the incredible depth and tenacity of modern sport journalism for basically just rehashing the same AP press release in 27 different ways for about four months. Uh, You know, it was like Lakers want to trade Russell Westbrook. Okay. Now every week we are going to (laughs) dissect this in a different way and make it sound really fresh and exciting, but actually have absolutely nothing of substance to bring to the table. Uh, Welcome to modern sport journalism. So I, I don't, I never thought Russ, uh, there was no, there was no guarantee in my mind Russ would be gone by this moment in time. For a long time, I've been saying the best, and I think Gerald, you'll, you'll agree that the best chance the Lakers have to trade Russ in season is on the last minute before the trade deadline expires, because that is when the buyout for Russ will be the cheapest. You will get all $47 million of cap space relief for a fraction of the buyout cost. And for small market teams that aren't run by billionaires, that's compelling. Almost like a clearance rack at your local store. Everybody likes a deal. Everybody likes a 60% off deal. You find me somebody who doesn't like a 60% off deal, and I'll find you somebody who doesn't like money. And then that person is likely, you know, is having other issues of other kinds. So, uh, you know, that's my take is that the Lakers never had, (laughs) they never had leverage in any situation there was no team, no team wanted to trade for Russ. They want to trade for freedom. The contract. Exactly. Or for when the contract goes away in the summer. Right. So that it only increases in value the closer to summer you get. And so if I'm the Lakers, I'm you're playing it the right way. You're starting him. You're treating him as if he's a valued member of the team. Everybody knows it's BS. Mm-hmm. There's nobody who's like, oh, wow, Lakers are really sold on Russ. That's, it's all... Maybe like well, a Tom. Oh, well, no, well, well, I mean, he'll, he'll be well, incredulous that we're not like sending him home. But th- that's, that's not. It's not. It's not going to happen. Well, let me ask John this then, okay? Because Jamie said it's the best thing for the Lakers, or as far as the best thing to have Russ starting and playing a majority of the minutes. Uh, I don't think that's the most conducive to winning for this season. For this season, which Laker Tom is always. You know, you know, and I, I don't want to speak for him, but I've heard him enough hours to say that I think that he wants to win now. For LeBron, you have to try and put the best team forward. So I ask you, John, I mean, is this the best plan, action for the Lakers right now is to put Russell out there the majority of the minutes? I understand maybe for a trade possibility. Okay, look, he's a contributor. He can actually get back to hopefully near where he was before, maybe playing like he did, you know, comparable to Washington. But is it really the best plan for the Lakers to have him playing the majority of minutes right now? 
So whenever you say is the best plan available, I would say I would I, I would infer that you know there's there's only a handful of options that they have, if not less. Um, you know, either you play them or you send them home because you know no team wants him. Just like Jamie said, you know they 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 want to trade him for the freedom or you know the contract. Um, you know, almost like get out of jail free card. And um, <laughs> so um, so again. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I think this is the only option right now. Uh, you know, you could send him home, but, you know, uh, that doesn't really help his trade value, Whatever, whatever's left of it. Um, I would say, yeah, this is the only option they have, to be honest. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. Give me all of the Star Trek all of the time, and I will be an incredibly happy girl. Even if it's terrible. It's like pizza. Bad pizza is still pretty good because it's pizza. Bad Star Trek is still pretty good because it's still Star Trek. That's the way that I look at it. Just let it sit in the refrigerator for a day and be cool. That's it. Yep. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Catch our shows on Worldwide Radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Lakers fans. Looking for the best place to go for up-to-date news, information, original videos, articles, podcasts, opinion pieces, and discussions about the Los Angeles Lakers? Well, look no further than Lakerholics.com. With a legion of followers always there talking about everything Lakers and the NBA, there's no better place to go to share your fandom as the team heads toward another championship run. So stop by and be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. It's almost like you're, I'm not saying you're, well, I'm not saying you're throwing away the season by doing it. Although I'm sure Laker Tom, if he was here, would probably say you're throwing away the season by doing it, but you're putting at, you're putting yourself at a disadvantage, assuming Russell Westbrook plays similar to the way he did last year, as opposed to the way he played with that second half of Washington. So I think that's the problem. Which Russell Westbrook are you going to get? Are you going to get the one that just played like garbage last season? Or are you going to get somebody that's going to be able to actually listen to Darvin Ham, play better defense, play more efficient offense? I'm not asking for an increased value as far as from the outside of three-point shooter. He's he's actually statistically one of the worst three-point shooters of all time with the volume of shots that he's taken. So I'm not expecting anything to change there. 
but will his efficiency to the rim, which has been a major part of his game and major part of the game that has uh, up until recently been a great part of his game, that's what I want to see. If that comes back, then that makes the Lakers more effective. If it doesn't, like it didn't last year, Jamie, we could be in a lot of trouble. Yeah, I mean, this. so I think you're – I think this question is actually uh, should be framed differently because I think it's absolutely spot on, but that's, I think less of a referendum on the Russell Westbrook situation. Who's under contract, hardly barely, barely tradable. And so the Lakers have few options, right? And none are, none are great. And you're not going to, I'm not trying to paint a picture where we start Russ and he plays like, 25, 35 minutes or 30, 35 minutes a game. And suddenly is, you know, shooting 45%, you know, and do it. You know, that, that's not what I'm expecting. That's not, that's oh, not the scenario. But what it is, is a referendum on the Laker front office, their trust and in, uh, in the, to the degree that they enable Darvin Ham. And how true is it that Darvin Ham is going to be tough? Is Darvin Ham really going to be tough? And we, we don't know yet, right? We, we, we don't know yet. This is to be seen, right? You know, exactly. next week on what will happen with the Lakers, you know, <laughs> will Russell Westbrook? Uh, and the I, and again, like I was saying last night, I don't care if he starts. Andrew Bogut started for the Golden State Warriors during their championship winning game, years, but he didn't finish. Nobody complained and, and nobody complained that he was ruining the Golden State Warriors because he was an expensive tree that barely moved, you know, but he had the ability to impact games with a tone setting. He impacted games at the beginning, set a tone. And then they brought in the young Draymond at the time, young Draymond Green and deployed the death lineup and romped over the league for a few years. And so I think if you start Russell Westbrook, you're going to probably play him 28 to 32 minutes. You're going to do that. No matter what comes off the bench starts, he's going to play 30 minutes. 30, 28 to 32 minutes a game. It's He's going to take minutes away from Reeves. He's going to take minutes away from Nunn. He's going to take minutes away from Swider. He's going to take minutes away from Christie. He's going to take minutes away from Schroeder. Pick a guard on the team. Those minutes were going to come after Russ's minutes for at least the first 20 games. 20 games in, if we're like 5 and 15, 8 and 12, 7 and 13, something like that. I would expect a change at that time. Now, might that be too late? Maybe, but the Orleans went three and thirteen to start the season last year and made the plans and did pretty well. So, I think that there's. Uh, I mean, listen, the writing's been on the wall since the coaching search. You know, once you heard the Lakers were entertaining, like were posing questions to their potential coaches, like, what would you do if Russ was still on the team? That should inform you that there's always been a level of certainty that he will finish this contract out as a Laker, the very least start this season as a Laker and go to the trade deadline. And nothing is nothing I've read, nothing I've heard and nothing I've seen really changes that for me because of all of the mitigating factors that the Lakers have to work with. No tradable contracts, top heavy contracts, much like the California Angels of Los Angeles, Anaheim. Where uh, Joe is at right now. I know. I had to He might be that. a convert there, Jamie, to us. Got, he might be like us. Fans. Yeah, absolutely. Caca! Caca! There you go. Halo. Halo. 
There you go. I don't know. Joe's halo is always going to be slightly lopsided, though. He's always going to be like, <laughs> yeah, that's kind of true. That's, gonna be true. <laughs> uh, that's my Joe. That's my Joe impersonation from last night when he was very bored. Um, yeah. Um, but anyway, I you or know irritated I, either which way. I mean, listen, it's an irritating time to be a Laker fan. You you oh yeah. You have a you because we've been baked. We've been baked and created. The fan base has with an expectation of pursuit, the pursuit of excellence. And that hasn't been the case uh, of late. Certainly not since uh, the year after, not the short, the short season after the bubble, I thought we responded as well as a team that went all the way in the bubble could respond with a quick turnaround, LeBron being the age that he is, uh, yada, 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 yada. I thought that that turnaround and both Miami and LA had dismal seasons that year in terms of injuries to star players. A lot of injuries to star players that year. Some of it mostly just management to make sure that they didn't hurt themselves seriously, which I would hope the players appreciate. But the next season, when it was a normal season for the most part, that was the beginning of where is this pursuit of excellence? Where where is this going? Why aren't we, why are we trying to save a few million dollars and not signing, not sign Alex Caruso? Why are we letting the player Dennis Schroeder, who we traded, who we sent out a first round draft pick to trade for, walk for nothing? I get it. He turned down an $84 million extension and everybody was probably miffed at that. But still, if it, your job is the GM, you got to disassociate yourself from the emotional content of the job and realize this is an asset. This is an asset that I could at least get a TPE for. Same with Caruso. You want to let him walk? Let him walk. But get, get something. Sign and trade. You got exactly something. You get you get something, and this is where Rob has failed. That it's on these moments, and not. And you can be like, "Oh well," Jeannie said no. I'm sure Doctor Bus heard the word no, or Jerry West heard the word no from Doctor Bus all the time, and found a way to push through and make himself heard. Now you could argue that that has now soured his relationship with the family, but you know. Is it is is a friendly relationship or winning the goal? Laker fans both. winning for Laker fans is the goal. Uh, you know, so we're in a place where it it feels like everybody's trying to be friendly and not be aggressive in terms of well, we just need to maybe we maybe don't go to the Bahamas for for a family trip this year or whatever it is that the bus family is so hesitant to shell out an extra $20, $30 million a season in the, in the pursuit of excellence. Uh, and so this is, this is where I think a lot of the frustration for Laker fans has now come into a head because you don't see an end. There's not a good end in sight. You know, even if, even if the plan is for all this cap space to be available next summer, like John, like John just said at the beginning when I popped on, who's, who's the apple of their eye? Who's this player that's going to come in and transform the, the team? You can make a case that maybe we're going to go for Tyler Hero. Yeah. If he doesn't get an extension and becomes an unrestricted free agent at the end of the summer, Wiggins. Well, let Did me you... ask you this. Well, let me well let me bring John back in here on this, and that's some of the options. I mean, Jamie, is that I, I understand Wiggins is maybe, but that depends on how much over Golden State's willing to spend. Uh, anybody? I don't, I don't think to... they'll let him go. Yeah, especially if he has another season or if he plays anywhere near to where he did in the playoffs, especially the finals. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about Kyrie Irving? I know is still in question, but I know he could be a target. 
Miles Turner, another one of the trade supposed targets, is becomes a free agent in 2023. Uh, I mean, Jeremy Grant is another name that's been put out there. Are these guys worth waiting to go until Russell Westbrook's contract goes off? I mean, as much as I wanted, as far as Kyrie Irving, as far as over Spider Mitchell and that, that discussion we had the other day, I realized it could all go south quickly as soon as Kyrie Irving signs on that dotted line. I don't even know if the Lakers can afford Kyrie uh, right now with the way things are. Maybe it takes, you know, because I think his, his current contract is about $36 million, So, and the Lakers are going to have, what, 30, 30, 30, $32 million in cap space, so... I don't know how you're going to sign Kyrie and you know fill 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 out the rest of the roster with with uh with vet minimum players, but um my thing is that I, I think Jeremy Grant I, I don't I don't know if he you know whether or not he's a max player is are, is debatable, but um I think he's someone if we do get him I'd be really happy about that, but um I I don't think I don't see Portland letting him go, especially after the fact that they traded um uh Robert Covington and uh, Norman Powell to 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 the Clippers, you know, to clear cap space. So they they got a lot of cap space and I think you know they'll resign Jeremy Grant and you know that's probably why they traded for him in the first place. But um I just don't see I just don't see that player out there. Um other than Kyrie. Um I don't even again I don't know if it's if it's gonna be able to work out financially. But um other than Kyrie, I don't I don't really see anyone out there that you know Rob's you know making you know working up all this hype about oh just wait until the, the you know the 22 23 offseason because you know we're saving all of our caps for that but it's like if you look around there's no one really worth or no one that's going to, you know, really help uh, LeBron AD. So I don't know. I, I just don't see it. And Ky- let's say Kyrie Irving hits, and I'll get you, it's Jamie, I'll get you. But let's say Kyrie Irving hits on all cylinders and hit, has a 50, 40, 90 season where he plays 70 to 75 games. He's either re-signing with Brooklyn or someone else for 40 plus million a year, most likely close to 50 million as far as re-signing. So I think that's going to be something that's going to be out of the reach for the Los Angeles Lakers. Jamie, I think that that's true. And also, you have to you have to you have to factor in that KD, for whatever reason, <laughs> wants Kyrie there. <laughs> oh, fifty-five games—that's fine. We need the man. We, he's got to be here. There's no reason for me to be on the team if Kyrie Irving is being treated. <laughs> right, I, 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 I don't get it, and I, I frankly I don't even care anymore. That it's obvious that that's. It's a minute, you know, I don't know what it is. It doesn't matter. So I think that a Kyrie will likely put prices way off the Lakers. I think that he'll end up, I think if Brooklyn, Brooklyn might start treating Kyrie the way LeBron started treating Cleveland, which is one year, maybe one and one, you know, max, max player option or max, max player team option. Um, and go from there. Oh, okay. And, uh, and I think that the thing that you should consider is it might not be an unrestricted free agent that the Lakers maneuver themselves into getting. It might be through uh, a trade into cap space for first round draft picks a couple of years out, um, which once we have the cap space, we're basically like, you know, the Ritz Carlton of Oklahoma cities, right? Like, and then we add the 31 pick as well. We had the thirty-one. We could. Uh, no, no. Or we, we still have thir- no, not till twenty twenty-four. Right. We can okay. only trade twenty twenty-nine up until because we. So it would be the okay. We yeah, but can you do the twenty-eight and thirty? Twenty-six, twenty-eight, and thirty. I think we owe the twenty. No, the so twenty-six. Is, twenty-six, 26 is, ours. is gone. It's a pick swap. No, it's a pick swap. 
Not, uh, I'll, I'll look. I'll look it up. I'll look it up. Just to make sure. I, thought I, I mean, you, the you just have to keep it, it, the reason it's it's the odd numbers right now is because that's the furthest out. Yeah. So next summer it'll flip and you'll have a little more flexibility on the back end of the seven. Does that make sense? But for now, and yeah. even next yeah. summer, you'll be able to do 2830 or pick okay. swap. I, I will tell you, just let you know that it's a pick swap in 23. It yeah. is a uh, 24 and 25, basically, again, with the Pelicans. It's still pick swaps. You know, they, they still well, have the right to they, hold, they basically hold one switch. hostage. Yeah. 26 is yep. ours. 27 is hours, 28 is hours, 29, yeah. 30 is hours. For now, we'll see what for happens. Now. Right, <laughs> exactly. But that's Trade all of them. <laughs> once we have $35 million in cap space, we can bring in somebody up to whatever the tax apron is. Um, says Ted Stepien. Huh? I said, he said trade all of them. I said, says Ted Stepien. Well, the ghost, you know. <laughs> the, the ghost of Ted Stepien. The ghost of Ted Stepien, who was like, draft pick. who wants draft picks? Who wants draft picks? Who wants draft picks? Who wants draft picks? You know, he was at the club with draft picks. Anyhow. The Oprah, um, the Oprah meme. You get, you get a draft pick. You get a draft pick. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Exactly. And just to answer Blue Magic's question real quick from my point of view. I mean, she's, you know, it's like Princess Speaking Di. Speaking about Gen- Genie Bus, yes. Yeah, it's like yeah. Princess Di, man. Like, everybody's got flaws. Everybody's Everybody's got things that don't work out. But she's been around the team since she was a kid. She's been a part of the team for all of our lives, <laughs> pretty much. Well, I also um, think that it, uh, the bus family fight and the way it was handled and who came out of it, I think that earned her a lot of good favor with Lakers fans. And she won a championship. Yeah, you can't take that away. However, it, however it happened, whatever she 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 blazed a trail as the first controlling female owning entity of a sports team to win a, to win a championship. And that's, that's, you know, all of these things, do they, do they forgive the modern era of cheapness? Not really, but you know, I've, uh, and this is something I've said on the blog a lot too. It's always easy to play with other people's money. It's always, it's always really easy to just throw other people's money at problems and back. Well, I don't know why you didn't do this. Uh, so I, I mean, you know, I try to not play that game as much as, as, as some or at all. Um, but you know, I don't know, man. This, this, there's. It, I don't know that she's as protected now as she was maybe two years ago. I, if I were her, I would have fired Frank and Rob this summer, and mm. been like, th- that would have been, I think, a, a stronger move. I think part of the reason why she's coming into question now is in regards to her success ratio overall. Let's let's put this in perspective as far as I know that Dr. Buss was still alive for a little bit of this, but since the Lakers won their back-to-back world championships, mm-hmm. they have five winning seasons, one world championship, and seven losing seasons. So that's something I think the Laker fans out there are not – they're not happy with it. They're not happy with as many – years of, of losing it should be the other way around if it was seven five i don't think there he, she would be getting as much heat but it's five and seven my friend since the lakers won that back-to-back world championships the thing is uh you know who's gonna hold her accountable uh, or who can hold her accountable she's the governor of the team so you know anyone in the organization would, would just be you know ta- uh, holding their or trying to hold their boss accountable and you know i'm sure we both know how that would go <laughs> but we're we're all diehard Lakers fans here, but um, you know I, I think I could you know you, you guys would agree if 
if if our, if I were to say that the future doesn't look bright unless the uh, unless Genie grows a backbone and you know fires Rob and you know kind of goes out outside the LA outside the whole you know the 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 Laker family tree circle of trust whatever whatever you want to call it um, I'd really I, I've said it on the show and I'll say it again I'd really like to see her empower Jesse Buss um, I think Jesse and Joey are great basketball minds and I don't think you know they get they get they get the credit that they deserve. And then also, um, I you know I like to see her empower her younger brothers, just just the same way that you know her uh, her father empowered her when she was younger. So, you know, if they're gonna stay in a family tree, I like to see you know Jesse Bus, uh, who, who I think is assistant GM right now. I like to see him, you know, possibly get promoted to GM. But um, but other than that, I you know I really hope you know they they go outside the family tree and find like a like a, a Masai Ujiri or maybe even like David Griffin type of GM. Well, Blue, I mean, as much as I have, uh, you know, appreciated, admired the job at times that Jeannie has done over the years, I have said that this organization, if it continues to go downhill like this, needs a cleansing from the top down. And that includes her. And I'm not going to be, I'm not going to pull punches. I'm just going to tell you straight up. She's not going to buy herself. You know what I mean? No, she's not. But she can sell the team (laughs) and make $7 billion, which is what roughly... Seven billion dollars, my friend. That price tag keeps going up. The value keeps going up. By Forbes, keeps allocating more billions and more billions and more billions to it. You never know. It could be a point in time. I understand it's her father's, and she would never, uh, you know, consciously, as she said before, try to go ahead and betray his trust on that. But at some point, you may say enough's enough. And if, if you have many more losing seasons. I think ultimately the pressure would get to her where she would have to sell it. She has to go ahead and field a winning team on a consistent basis. If she does not, or whoever is governor of the Lakers, doesn't matter if it's her, doesn't matter if it's Balmer coming over, if he dropped the Clippers and went to the Lakers the next day, doesn't God matter forbid. who. Yeah, God forbid, but well, I'm going to say this right now. It, it doesn't matter who is running the Lakers. If they are consistently a losing team, they're going to be forced by a lot of people from outside forces to sell the team. It's quite simple as that. And right now she is is just at a point where, you know, again, since the last time they were back-to-back, they've, they're five and seven uh, winning seasons. So that's not a good ratio to have. It needs to turn around. It needs to turn around soon. And I'm not sure it's going to happen this year, but we'll see. We'll see. I mean, this team is, what, putting at 44 and a half games? This is like barely a playoff team that's not a good direction to start off with because it can go off the rails again this season very easily let me ask you guys this do you guys think genie right now she's looking at you know not just this season but in the future do you think that she's looking at it saying like we've got a huge problem here long term or do you think she's just assuming that there's just the ebbs and flow of owning a team well again remember if you legacy has been a great insider as far as how she has been treated even by her own father, as far as the direction that she's been given. I mean, you guys talked about how she has been given a lot of responsibility. It's not always been the responsibility that she's wanted. Remember, Johnny, the L.A. Sparks team, when she really wanted to run mm-hmm. that organization, and she is not was not given the access to run the player or the basketball operation side until much later in the game. So she was always asked to go ahead. You do the finances. You do the finances. You do the financial start of it. You do the do the forum. You you know do that end of it. And it just really seems to me that we need to go ahead and and, and see and evaluate her total picture before we say one way or the other. But you know she is starting to get to the point where she's been 
governor of this team now for a decade or close to it, and it really needs to start seeing a, a consistent winner. At least Laker fans want a consistent winner, and if they don't get it, they're going to apply a lot of pressure sooner rather than later. Go ahead, I agree sorry. with you. I was going to say, petting my cat, the right person may pay $10 billion. I mean, there's rumors that the Phoenix Suns, which are evaluated right now at $2.5 billion, could go as high as 4 or $4.5 billion. If that's the case, the Lakers could go $10 billion. I just don't see her selling the team, considering the fact that, you know, she follows everything, you know, her dad wanted to a T. Her dad wouldn't want her to sell the team, so I don't, I, that's why I don't see her selling it. Uh, I, I think her dad would want her to field a winner. And if it's not a consistent winner, then everything is up and up. Yeah, but Dr. Bus didn't field a consistent winner. I mean, there was the Lake Show era for a long time. Uh, you could argue that that was derailed by an unexpected uh, illness to Magic Johnson. But, uh, you know, uh, oh, uh, Brad. Blue Magic wants to know what's your cooking. Yeah, I, I see. Come over if you like sourdough bed untoasted with no butter or anything on it. Okay. Sounds this delicious. is the house for you, baby. Okay. <laughs> I did make some chicken penny pasta with spinach. So Ooh. just to let everyone know, just before I we mean, start. I'm about, to, I'm about to get into some burrito making here, also for my okay. kid. But she's just like, I want bread. I'm like, all right, well, that's very easy for me to make. So have some. <laughs> um, when you're, when you're, when, and then all the dads out there know, uh, what's up, Sovereign? All the dads out there know that sometimes you just got to, you just got to get through it. You just got to get to the next minute of, of life with your child being relatively happy. So I think that we're entering an era of the bus family ownership where you're, you're looking at none of them are young. And when is it, who, who, who's next after Jeannie in the bus? Jesse, 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 right. So, mm. you know, is this going to be like the TV show empire where like, you know, we can't figure oh, out succession. I love succession. Or, I would or, love exactly. a succession style Lakers it's a, fight. It's a common, it's a common tale, right? It's a common tale. Who's going to control all this money and who's going to do it best and yada, yada, yada. So I think that that's the crossroads that Laker fans should, you know, I, I do think that that's five, 10 years out. I, I mean, you, everybody who saw her comments about resigning LeBron should, should take those to heart. She didn't say that LeBron signing LeBron was important for the Laker team. She said it was important for the Laker brand. And those are two very different things. Those are not aligned in many ways. And in some ways they are aligned, you know, obviously there is no brand without a team, but that indicate that thinking or that statement indicates a level of thinking. That's like, well, the brand will survive a season of tour of bad teams. The brand will survive, uh, you know, not making a trade this summer. The brand will survive, you know, Russell Westbrook. And it will. It will. We survived Sedale 3 as our starting point guard. We survived the Laker kids. We survived the post-Shaq and Kobe years. Don't forget the Smush Parker era. Everybody loves the Smush Parker era. That's what I'm talking about. The post-Shaq, pre-Pow. The Smush Kool-Aid was in full effect. And, uh, you know... You know, it's like the George Harrison song. This too shall pass. So, I, you know, I, they, she thinks on a brand level first. Whether that's good or bad for the franchise is, it, it, it's irrelevant because that's just how she that's how she functions. So, I mean, Howard, you got a point, but it, I mean, a lot of brands have 
taken surviving and come out stronger. Well, you know, it's it's how you run, you know, it's how you run a mega corporation. And the Lakers are certainly a mega corporation. They're a global yeah. brand, global icon. They're one of the top five most right. valuable sports teams on the planet. Yeah, and that's including some crazy valuable soccer franchises in Manchester in United, Man the Golden U, State Warriors, the New York Yankees, Arsenal. Dallas yes. Cowboys, New York Knicks, New York Knicks, right? The Knicks, right? And the Knicks have been terrible for forever, and they still are a draw. They're still a brand that you know. So I, the brand will survive, and that you know she's looking at it like, hey, LeBron's going to break the all-time scoring record in a Laker uniform awesome that's awesome to her well let me ask you this then you know this is where we're at you know this is and this again this is why laker fans are frustrated because i don't think i don't think the buses are selling anytime soon if they are at all no 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 i don't see it either yeah i don't see it either i just i don't think it's happening i i should it happen i would like to see what the eventual destination for this team is by the end of this decade and you know if it's not a good one then maybe they do need to go ahead and start considering that because i think it's something that if you have a consistent loser for a team such as the lakers it's not good brand it's not a good brand to follow it's that's not how they view it though uh i don't know we're both still angel fans and how many years of futility under Artie marino have we endured without <laughs> And how much is he going to sell the team for? Is when because he's about ready to sell the I mean, team. It took it took seven years. Yeah, we wasted Mike Trout's entire career, the prime of his career, and we're starting to do the same with Shohei Otani, who will probably wisely leave after next season. Yeah, if we don't trade him, so I fans don't fans don't quit. They get pissed, they get annoyed, they they burn a jersey in the street or whatever, but they come back. They come back and, you know, I, it's I, I, the only thing you can hope for, I think, is what John was pointing, it was hinting at, is that you hope that when she decides to step down, if she's going to pass it on to another bus kid, that it's the smartest one, that it's Jesse Bus. And if it's not, then buckle up because this here's the wild ride. ride in the West. Hold on to your hats and glasses. This here's the wildest ride in the West. For those of you who are, uh, are into Disney, Disney, uh, Disneyland quotes. Well, let's go ahead and close out our conversation again and bring it back around to this season because, again, this season there's still a lot of questions. And you know, as Paul Terry, and I got to give him credit again, he, you know, he was the first one to really sniff this out that it looks more and more like Russell Westbrook will be the starting point guard on okay. the team. Okay. And this is something that, you know, we're, we're estimating he's going to be playing a ton of minutes for the team. And, you know, we're still not sure the kind of Russell Westbrook we're going to get. So I ask you, John, and I'll, we'll go ahead and close this out with you and both you and Jamie. Once again, it's the Lakers fast break. We truly appreciate you joining us. Been great in the chat room. Thank you so much. Truly appreciate it. I'm going to go ahead and bring on Sean Grice tomorrow. We're going to go ahead and do something on StreamYard. Hopefully the guys here can join us as well. We'll talk another great subject, but he's raring to go. It's going to be a little earlier just to let everybody know. So I'll give you the details on that before we head on out. And I'm definitely out. (laughs) Yeah, you'll probably be stuck on those L.A. freeways. but I'll still be at work, man. But he asked to come back on the show as far as through StreamYard. So we're going to try and do it because that seems to work fine for his internet. But before we head on out, 
I, want I to thought they ahead. had better internet in Canada, to be honest. I kind of thought so too, but yeah, I've been going back and forth. Nah, it's not it's not socialist internet. It's it's you know they just give it away, and it's not worth anything. Well, I've been going back and forth to restream, and they say, can you define the problem? Can you go ahead and send me clips of exactly this problem? Oh I'm like, gosh. oh my gosh, okay. Nah, tech Again, support these days. Is do you cool. want me as a paid customer or not? Right. I'm not sure. I'm not sure, but. Blue Magic says, if Russ isn't benched from the start, it'll be difficult to bench him as the season wears on. If Russ will be benched, it is only doable from the start of the season. He has no leverage, though. Yeah, I mean, he does have no leverage. Because if he plays like dirt, then I think he's going to get a a yank earlier rather than later. I really think so. But, John, let me ask you this. I I hope so. You know, closing out the conversation with the question I really first started this with, I mean, was 2023 the plan all along? I mean, just seemingly to me that the inactivity by this team to go ahead and field LeBron in one of his last years, and I know I'm sounding like Laker Tom when I say this, it sounds like that he, that, that this team really had no intention of doing big things this season. To be honest, I don't think the. I mean, they were intentionally, you know, wait, burning all the bridges and, you know, just the gung ho on, you know, the twenty twenty three off season. But I think this was a legit plan B or plan C. I think they they tried to, um, you know, trade Russell Westbrook, and when they realized that um, the other teams didn't want to trade Westbrook, or they wanted two picks, and uh, you know, like for example, Indiana wanted them to take the uh, the Tice contract along with the two picks. So once they realized that, you know, there, there wasn't a feasible trade out there that made sense for them, they're like, you know what? We were just going to have to tell everyone to wait for a 2023 season because there's nothing going on this season. Very concerning to me. I mean, it just sends a message that there maybe there wasn't really a whole Does lot. Does it surprise this- you, though? Does it surprise you? Because it sure doesn't no. surprise me. Nothing surprises yeah. me with this team anymore, especially the individuals that are in charge at the top right now. <laughs> Since we've seen the fallout from the bubble championship, I have seen mismanagement right and left. In fact, actually, we saw it just before with the whole magic, Rob Palenka dynamic, stabbing oh, each other in the back. The whole, yeah, this has been a whole chaotic thing that's going on for a while. I mean, even going back to the fight over the custody of the Los Angeles Lakers, like they were the child <laughs> and all the parents were fighting over it between the bus family. This this has never been a cohesive organization from the get go since 2010. I just basically as an organization, you have to look at 2010 as probably the last year that this was actually a true top to bottom organization that was actually cohesive and you know together as an organization of what they were doing. Since then, they've been flying off the seat of their pants, seemingly. Anyways, that's just my opinion. But uh, Jamie, any thoughts on this before we head on out? It just seems to me that, okay, we can't get a good deal. All right, we're going to stick to what we got. Because it just seems to me like they were really having very little enthusiasm on doing anything big for one of LeBron's last years. I don't think it was that they didn't have enthusiasm. They lacked the means. Mm-hmm. They, 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 didn't, they didn't have the tools to build the house they wanted to build. They didn't have the resources. They didn't have the tools. They didn't have the talent. They had very little to work with this summer. Um, it's just, you know, it, 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 it is what it is. You know, I, I'm kind of actually, I said when it happened that the THG trade was Rob's best trade to date. And I stand by that because we got a player back and we didn't give up a first round draft pick. And it was a player that can actually help us win more than I think Taylor could in, in this scenario. So, um, 
you know, uh, I don't know that we'll start off with booing. I think that preseason is preseason, and hopefully people are a little more forgiving. But, yeah, yeah we'll see. We'll see. Uh, what about the t- first time Russ hits the side of the backboard? I mean, Go yeah, away. everybody's going to be annoyed. <laughs> you know, it, it's – it's. listen, you know – How about it, a loud but, murmur then? Loud murmur, I will murmur, say this. Murmur, murmur, I will murmur, say murmur. this. As fans, as fans, is it not our job? And I do believe we have a role to play. We, we, we control, for lack of a better word, and this is going to get a little groovy here, we control the vibe around the team. We are the ones who put out more negative or more positive energy about things than anybody else. This is where Laker Tom should be here talking about this more than me because I'm usually pretty realist about this stuff. Because, But, uh, yeah, Blue Magic, but... I mean, if you have one lemon, how much lemonade can you really make? You know, you're going to be like, well, that was good. Um, I, it's like I, lemonade I, without I sugar. Oh, man, this team needs a lot of sugar, baby. <laughs> yeah. um, but, you know, I, I, I do think that you're onto something, Gerald, that the, the safety net that is all the cap space that they can get next summer is attractive for a variety of reasons. And it's not just because of the free agent market of people coming out of off their contracts it's because you could also, you know, if things don't go well with AD, you could you could move AD. You can move AD with a couple of those draft picks. Yeah. And this, I'm, there's just a lot that you can do with that much cap space and the draft picks that a, a creative GM, <laughs> creative GM, which I don't know that we have, uh, <laughs> could do a lot with. Um, so we'll see. We'll see, but and we haven't even seen this team play yet, so we haven't seen where Darvinham uses Russ. Uh, I'll be curious if he's off ball a lot. Yeah, I really want them to play Russ in the dunker spot, uh, to be honest, and not have him, <laughs> not have him bring the ball, bring the ball up the court ever. Like get down there, drag your defender into the paint with you, and you know, rebound because he's. He was our best rebounder last season by a wide margin. Um, I'm expecting, though, I, I know Howard says we need to give Ham and the new approach a chance. I'm expecting a turnaround. I mean, 33 wins is a pretty bad season. So it most likely, with any health, should go up by its sheer nature. How yeah. far it goes up, I think, is the question. And, and Howard Hill is absolutely right in that AD is hungry, and if he can play, is the key to everything. Yeah. Talking 82 games. It's. Uh, 70. I'll be happy with 70. You and I both. You and I both. Very happy with 70 games. Well, I tell you what, uh, Blue Magic says, I think Davis is playing for his Lakers future as well, but if he isn't good, I'm not sure how much of a market there will be for an unavailable big that's lost the ability to shoot. We'll see, Blue. I think there is going to be a rebound. How much? Will we get something? I think we'll get something in between bubble, AD, and the AD of last season. I think maybe closer to what we saw in the season where he was uh, playing pretty good up until the time he got hurt. I really mm-hmm. think that that's probably closer to the AD that we'll see uh, what uh, the what 2021 playoffs, I should say. Maybe yeah. that AD is probably the best we're going to see as far as that's concerned. I don't think we'll see the t- hot band 2020 close to a, a top bubble five player AD. in the world. Yeah, bubble AD. I don't think we're going to go ahead and see that AD. I think we will see someone that's closer to the 2021 AD. And that ain't half bad. But if it doesn't work out and the and the season and the team needs a lot of help, 
if he plays like that, he's going to be a great trade value for the Lakers. And this could be something that could still rebuild a lot of the things that we lost when we traded him in the first place. And we already won a title out of it. So I think it's, for me, it's always been found money. So, yeah, I I will, I will say one more thing in closing in that this roster has rebuilt itself almost every single off season since we won the title. Slight tweaks the season after. I think we only really just lost Green, Howard, and McGee and Rondo. But th- that's not how dynasties are built. Yeah. This team, they never function. The front office has never functioned. The dynasty is two players, and that's that's not enough. And that's, I think, the philosophical issue that's, I think, driving a wedge between Laker fans expectations and the mode, uh, the mode that the front office has been in under Rob Polinka, which is let's get new blood in here. That's hungry. Um, I would like to see more continuity. I just don't think I don't, that, that that's, that's not how he's functioning and hasn't shown that that's how he wants to function. So I don't expect him to start functioning that way until he shows me otherwise. Well, I'll tell you what, it's just been great having you both on here. John, any last thoughts as well on the way out? You guys have been tremendous tonight, and everybody else in the chat as well. Uh, yeah, just be patient and, you know, God help us. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Sounds like an impending disaster. It's, it's like right out of a disaster film right there for you. But hopefully, you know, Hopefully I'm wrong. Hopefully I'm wrong. Hopefully we'll all be wrong because I know all, virtually all of us don't have the greatest expectations right now. Hopefully we'll all be proven wrong. I would love to be that. And again, like I said the other day, like the meme, prove me wrong, Russ. Yeah. Prove me wrong. Blue Magic, final thought. Of the, we lost Danny Green too. We missed his defense. I admit that I talked trash, but it was a great uh, glue guy in retrospect. Our backcourt in 2020 was KCP and Green at tall at 6'5 and 6'7 respectively. Very massive. You're right. But now we have, as he says, six one wings. And Caruso <laughs> off the bench at six five, who was a yep. defensive hawk. Absolutely. Yeah. And he started that final game. He started that final game, and it was a yep. defensive masterpiece. Yes. Sorry, Mark Jackson. It worked out for the Lakers. But I will say <laughs> that, once again, it's been great he having everyone in the He walked it back after halftime. Well, too late for me. Whoa. Blue Magic, Howard Hill. <laughs> I'm holding him to that. Sorry. I was holding Boy, He said that just before. Don't he run into that, Mark Jackson at the airport. He said Facial that just Mark before Jackson. tip-off. <laughs> he said that just before tip-off. I remember I that to this day. Blue Magic, well, Howard like Hill, Sovereign, you guys have been great in the chat. Truly appreciate it. Petting my cat, of course, as always. We cannot thank you enough as well. You guys have been tremendous as always. I will be back with... The magic man, he wants to go ahead and talk and reach out. Uh, so we'll do, a, I guess, a 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. That's what I'm looking to do. I'm not sure if John and Jamie can make it. I'm certainly hoping so. I don't think Jamie will be. Yeah, those guys will still be stuck <laughs> on the freeways. So we'll go ahead and take care of it from there. That's the advantage of Las Vegas. It doesn't I'm going to be like another. I'm going to be like another Canadian. I'm going to be uh, Getty Lee. That's why they call me the working man. The hotspots for Las Vegas and freeways you can easily avoid at times. So I will tell you this. It's just great having everyone here. Cannot thank everybody for for saying so many great things. Howard Hill, truly appreciate it. Have a good evening. And for all of us right here at the Lakers Fast Break, if you have any questions, go ahead and reach out to us at Lakers Fast Break. 
or LakersFastBreak at Yahoo.com. And don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already. We're close to 300 subscribers. Subscribe to that man up there, John McAlian, right there. John McAlian, subscribe to his YouTube channel today. <laughs> Follow him on Instagram, Jamie Sweet. Check out what he's doing as the guy behind the five things articles today at Lakerholics.com. And don't forget the newest Angels fan, Joe Soro, as well at Lakersball.com. Oh, he's going to kill me for that one. <laughs> I'm getting him a hat. Yeah. Uh, oh, yes. Well, actually, if he loses the bet and Russell Westbrook wins a championship as a member of the Lakers, I was going to try and get him an I love the Clippers hat. So that's what I was going to try and get him. That's just rude. Get him an Angels hat. At least that's cool. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. But, uh, Blue Magic says, love the rush reference. Giddy a blast with the bass. Yeah, there you go. But truly appreciate everyone being I'm part of today's show. Man. We're going to start your weekend strong, according to what I heard from the Magic Man. So we'll give it a shot. Hear what he has to say tomorrow. No interruptions from his internet included, I hope. Keeping my fingers crossed. But we'll be back indeed. Plus, also catch us on Sunday, the month of October. The exhibition season, the regular season starts in October. It's right around the corner. And we got it covered, plus a lot of great shows. Fantasy basketball. We've got a season preview. We've got a full Lakers preview ahead. Going to do a lot of great stuff for you in October. Yeah, get John a lawn with get Joe a lawn a <laughs> with real grass. grass. Oh my god, maybe, maybe that's the problem. Blue, so don't much fake get, grass. That's Blue, don't get do. Joe mad. Don't get don't Joe mad. mad. That's Joe's business right there for you. No, Listen, we're in California, it's going to be a drought for forever. Like, come on, yes, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. But want to thank so much everybody for watching and listening, and we'll catch you this weekend right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast.